everyone. Welcome to the Keeping It Local podcast brought to you by Pile Style Events. I'm Dennis Junk, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime, Leisha Pyle. Hi there. How are you? And we're going to change things up a little bit, and this time I'm going to be interviewing Alicia. We've done this once before, and I went back and listened to it, and I guess we'll start off by just reminding everyone what the original vision for Pile Style Events was. So go back a year, what was it, September of 2017, when we really sat down and started hashing this out. So tell everyone what you wanted to do with the company. I wanted to form something cool, of course. <laughs> I wanted to do something awesome. Oh, man. Honestly, it's uh, work is, is creating a community. So whether it's I'm educating or performing or collaborating, it's really important to me that we create community and that we're aware of each other and working together in a way that there's synergy and people are enjoying themselves. Because when a band is enjoying things together, I don't really care where we're playing. It just makes the event perfect or it makes the vibe perfect. So really, that was the main goal was to create a place where people could come and find what service their live music needs but not just find oh hey here's a band not not just another booking agency but to come and find somewhere this is a community of musicians that that actually like each other that respect each other and appreciate each other and you know treat each other well and support each other's strengths and help each other through their weaknesses um, so they know that they could come and find a group of people that is not just professional Mm. and uh, you know well suited for different events in the community and different budgets too but a community of people that are really supportive of each other and just a really healthy growing place of live music and the arts so there's really two sides of it there's the people who need the musicians they have the service they have an event coming up or they have some kind of festival or something and they need just the right kind of music for it wedding fundraiser whatever they're looking for the live music service and on the other hand you have musicians so you can fulfill a need for them too in that you know they're looking for gigs they want to find these people who need musicians and so just connecting the two that seems to be what we've been doing and that seems to be what that community building aspect that you're talking about so I think as musicians we all have a hunger inside to if you have a hunger to create and collaborate you have a hunger for community whether you know it or not or whether you found it or not and I know you know some atmospheres are extremely competitive or they're not friendly but that was never my experience with Fort Wayne and I've been here since I was a child and Mm -hmm. I, I was educated here I found my profession here and I've been certified here, not certified and saying, <laughs> but I mean, I think, you know, most of my art, arts friends, you know, whether it's mostly musicians though, it's just, we, we do crave community, mm-hmm. whether we want to admit it or not, we all do. And most of us are perfectly happy to say that, Hey, I really want to find people that I gel with, that I can work with and have fun with. Yeah. Cause then when you're making art or well, you're entertaining, either one, it just is better. Even if you're a solo musician, you still, you need an audience. Sure. It's no fun to play music for nobody. And you need community to bounce ideas. <laughs> is off of like you know other solo musicians how what works for you what isn't working for you hey what really should I be charging for this service what's appropriate you know professional wise and what's asking too much you know well you've been doing this for longer than I've been involved with it but we kind of started pile style events officially back in September 2017 so it's like a year and four months give us a progress report How, how do you think it's going so far I'm just amazed, honestly. I mean, it, it's doing everything that I had really hoped it would. I hope I think it's it's a really good service for the community. I had really hoped that, that it would be something that we could brand and market in a way that the community would understand what we are, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know what we offer and um, our different price points. And I think it's really been understood well by everybody. And I think all of our experiences have been positive. We had one little mishap last year that was pretty funny. But all in all, I think the community is learning to understand what it is. The non-musician community, you know, the 
professional mm-hmm. community, the nonprofits in town and the arts organizations and the, the corporate world as well, is understanding what we have to offer, the service, and just how professional all the musicians are that, that choose to work with Pile Style. It's interesting you keep bringing up professional and it's like there's a, a kind of a balancing act I've been trying to do with the website and even with these podcasts and everything. So there's an element, we want to keep it really personal. Sure. It's just like, hey, you're dealing with actual human beings here. That's kind of important to us and we focus on community. But at We're the not same time, robot rock stars. Yeah. At, the same, yeah. <laughs> at the same time, it's not like one of those boxes that you put out, what do they call them, the tracks that they're, they're running in the background? Oh, like yeah. The, the automatic pianos in the saloon. But at the same time, we want it to be very professional. So you know, if this is a big corporate event, for instance, or a wedding, you know, and the stakes are pretty high, our people are going to show up on time. It's going to be very professional. We're going to ask you all the right questions so you get exactly And what personalized, you know. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes it's not quite as paradoxical as it sounds, but that's, those are the two kind of things we were balancing there. Professional versus personal. Mm-hmm. I think that's definitely a balance, but it's an important one. And I mean, I think there's others in town that are doing it wonderfully too. Like the last podcast interview we had with John, it was such a treat mm-hmm. to talk to him John about Drenel, John yes. Dernell. Yeah. Just nice to, to remember. Talk to him about his experience with people and, you know, not just providing a wonderfully professional service, but also a really personalized experience. Mm-hmm. Do you have any big disappointments? I wrote this question down. I don't know the answer to it. What is your biggest disappointment over the past year and four months? I just wish there was two of me because <laughs> honestly, I, I still love educating and I educate at least 40 hours a week. And I, I really, I wish there was two of me so mm-hmm. we could do twice as much as we're doing because I, I love that music is a service in my life for other people, that it's a profession, but it's a professional service. And I just wish I could serve more. It's so much fun to see these events go off well and to see the coordinators happy because they have exactly what they had anticipated or the clients happy or the venues, the venues that we booked Welch's all fall mm-hmm. um, and Christmas and, and the individual musicians excited to be working together. I wish I could do twice as much. <laughs> I really do. That is a big disappointment. I mean, I have I have the ideas and the, the market is there. I just, it's hard to find the time. So what are you most proud of in the same amount of time? I think I'm most proud of the community we're building, honestly. I love that we provide a great professional service, but it's really more important even to me to create a neat community for the musicians to feel at home. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, no community is perfect and nobody's happy all the time, but I do think we're all learning and growing from each other. We all have different strengths and weaknesses. Some of us are more business savvy. Others are more entertainment savvy others are more art centered and so i think the synergy that comes between all of that i really hope that that's something we can continue to grow and foster and develop and i have a lot of ideas for that if it works out too mm-hmm. i've liked to see some of the not just the interactions with the musicians who hadn't worked together before i'm thinking of a couple of incidents like we, we just bring band members together and they really gel they really like each other some of them i met well Walking the dog or whatever. <laughs> I mean, we already knew him, but he was in the Andy. network. <laughs> and then that was a great show, a follow-up, and we're at the gig on South Calhoun, and this the people there were really great. They're digging and they were it. Really appreciative, and it was just a. Obviously, it was a really cool event, music-wise, and have the celebration that they had. It was really cool, and I showed up, you know, early and then late again. But it was just neat to see how happy everybody was. It just energized everybody, and it was like you're saying, this community where you know everybody got kind of what they were looking for and there was it came together and it was a really cool thing that happened yeah the more of that we can do the better so day to day what are some of your biggest frustrations one thing that's kind of a taboo topic i'll bring up just because it's fun and we're not putting anyone else on the spot is (laughs) what do you charge 
for live music. And I see Facebook posts about this all the time online. Mm. Um, social media is a wonderful outlet for us to gripe or, you know, encourage each other either way on things that are tough. And really what to charge is a hard one. There are musicians that want $100 an hour. There are musicians that want to play and be happy with $100 for the gig. And it really just ranges so wide. It's such a wide, wide range. I think it's important for us as musicians to educate, not just for bar gigs, but for like the corporate events or for the more detailed events that need extra love and care, extra TLC, you know, additional required requested music, additional live sound, you know. Yeah, you know, that's happened a couple of times. (laughs) Oh my Lord, yes. And sometimes you don't know when you put a quote out there what exactly they're asking for until it gets closer. By the way, can you hook up nine musicians? (laughs) (laughs) Which is fun, but you know, you you just, you you learn as you you book these events and you work with the client, you learn how to charge appropriately for your time, for the equipment you have invested and the knowledge you have with the equipment you have Mm -hmm. invested. I think it's really a a difficult thing for us to know sometimes exactly what to charge that's fair for the client and also make the musicians super happy with, you know, what they feel they deserve for their level of expertise, whether Mm -hmm. they're college educated or not, or just really seasoned organic musicians. It's really, that's something for me, I think I'll I'll continue to be working on and others in the community and Fort Wayne will as well. Just working on finding that balance is what's an appropriate price. What Mm -hmm. can a client expect to have for the budget they bring to you? What is the musician expect? expect to take away from this how much should be charged for live sound and if that's flexible at all you know there's always flexibility always and so we're trying to give a really good product and service but also treat our musicians really well mm-hmm. i don't know if this constitutes a frustration on your part but this is something that i've been kind of impressed with watching you do it and as i'm getting cc'd on a lot of these email threads and everything you offer a very custom product very and it's <laughs> it all begins i mean i created this form on the website and it's What's the event? What kind of music do you want? Et cetera. Approximate budget but hours. it's amazing how it goes back and forth. And you have to know what questions to ask at the outset to get the process rolling along. So at the end of it, whoever it is who's booking the musicians actually gets what they want. I mean, that can be really hard because the distance between I'm filling out the form or I'm putting in a call or whatever, however they contact us to, okay, here's the musicians. Final execution. Very, it's a winding path and there are mixed metaphors. There's a lot of moving parts. Well, sometimes you show up with a full PA system or, you know, full sound setup and oops they already have sound they just forgot to tell you or that was last week <laughs> or you know and these are all fine these are all happy little accidents it's better than showing up at a gig without a sound system right yeah, but I mean, they say they need it. <laughs> but i mean it's just there's so many things you don't know and there's a lot of prep work that goes into Sometimes you arrive at the mayoral candidate's house and yeah you're supposed by to accident it's venue. supposed to be at a different venue it's a different address you know all these things are great learning experiences but i think always being prepared is important to me i've learned that from mm. some elders in my life that you know you come prepared whether and, it was asked some, for or not some young people who haven't been <laughs> that too that experience be prepared too. for others because others forget things yes yeah. yeah that's part of being a leader though is being responsible and, and helping and picking up slack if even if someone else drops it it's a it's a large leadership skill that people don't understand it's not always pretty people think oh you play on stage you get to play in a band mm-hmm. there's a lot that goes into that that yeah. is that is not pretty and not fun well, and that's what we talked a lot about that with john Darnell. it's the sure. whole you play for two hours and then you get to go home and it's like but that's <laughs> just the tip of the iceberg that you saw oh, yeah. there's rehearsals there's planning there's, there's booking the musicians. There's all kinds Charting of stuff that goes into it. There's updating. figuring out what the event coordinator or the person who's hiring you actually wants, and that can be tricky in its own right. Is you know they don't 
message back soon enough or they give you incomplete information and it's it can be fun it's interesting or they don't read the question you sent three times (laughs) (laughs) three different emails no it's okay (laughs) and so what do you love most about your work with pile style and i think you've answered this a little bit even the community building aspect but just when you really when we sit down and start working on this stuff what do you really most enjoy what makes you motivated to keep pushing harder and to keep doing more i i really do it is it is huge the musician community is huge to me but also i'll go ahead and touch on the flip side that we spoke about of providing a service to our our larger fort wayne community as a whole there are people that are very hip very savvy live downtown they know the bands they like they're already involved in a couple nonprofits. they serve on a board or two young professionals you know they kind of know what they're looking for already or they wouldn't need a service like ours and that's totally cool because they're already plugged into the community but there are very wonderful professional entities all across town, different parts of the town, the suburbs, Huntington, Auburn, wherever you want to consider a suburb to cater. Mm-hmm. They don't always know what they're looking for. And these are very seasoned professional or, or business owners that just want to have a really nice vibe created for their, their company's events or their social events. And they aren't plugged in. And I really love the service we're able to provide. Since I recently got contacted for an event and the woman said, it's really important to me that like, diversity is really important at this event. And mm-hmm. I want a multitude of genres covered and I want my guests to be happy. I was going to say, even with the musicians, you satisfied the diversity criteria. Oh, gosh, I hope so. I mean, oh, gosh. But I mean, with the music especially, you know, it's just, it's a community that we can we can provide different things. But mm. someone that doesn't already know who covers what or what band's available for what knows if they call us, mm-hmm. they can find something that satisfies the vibe they want created, you know, because if you have the right band there or the right music present, it makes the event, it makes the vibe, it's more fun. Who knows if it's fundraiser, they might raise more money. <laughs> Mm-hmm. If people are having more fun. Sure. So it's that's just the idea. Yeah. That's why they're hiring musicians. I love that it's important that we can provide a service for the community and that it's a quality service, but it's also very personalized, like you said before mm-hmm. earlier in this podcast. Turning to the future, it's a year from now. It's you know, Christmas, New Year's, maybe sliding into Valentine's Day. What do you hope to have accomplished with Pilestyle? My goal this year is to, um, this goal of the last year was to get started, establish a brand and a presence in the community. And the goal this year really is to make this very accessible for musicians so that musicians can learn how to get plugged in, how to meet other musicians, how to showcase their work if they they have a project they want to talk about, if it's on a podcast or, you know, how to feel plugged in. And maybe if they need help, Help. One of my future goals here is to help musicians with their um, their marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so business and marketing is a huge part of sharing what your craft. And I think that sometimes the creatives or the artistic they need a little help with that. And I think it'd be really cool to have a place where they're not only meeting and networking with other musicians and finding gigs, finding people to play with, getting plugged in to venues we have no, you know, no say in, but just, just, you know, getting plugged in. I'd love people to be able to further their, you know, make press kits and further their marketing, Mm -hmm. work on recording or new photography, you know, so that's something I'm hoping it's going to be expensive. And And coming on the Keeping It Local podcast. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I, I want this to be more musician friendly this year. So my goal, since we've got something started and got our footing is mm-hmm. to now make this somewhere that they can come and Music find the resources reach. they're looking for yeah and what's the vision farther down the line so five ten years from now what would you like to see happening with pile style 
I'd like to see us have a venue at some point. I think it'd be really fun. A venue that you know nonprofits in town could use for a discounted price and mm-hmm. other people could rent for, whether it's weddings or their corporate events or a venue that hosts regular music nights for musicians to come in and be paid and perform for. So that's a, that's a far out goal, but that's definitely on the radar. This is something I hadn't prepared, but I, I do ask it of like almost all of our guests. And it's how does what we're doing, how do you see it tying into the larger music scene? So Northeast Indiana, music scene you know you've got all the different types of bands the different sectors all the venues the brass rails the embassies the any kind of you know wedding venue like the charles that we were just at recently or cottage event center all these different places and it's kind of exciting and it's diverse and there's more people flooding in all the time and you know where do you see us fitting in that scene you know, the scene is changing. It's uh, it's changing in many ways, which is really cool. On our big billboard at Sweetwater, where I teach a couple days a week, I see flash up there a, a scene of the downtown. It says, Fort Wayne is a city with momentum. That's something they push mm-hmm. at work a lot, which is really cool and really exciting for folks that are moving into town. And I think that's awesome. And so, like, the pot is really getting stirred with new talent and, you know, people from different places. And I've heard some people say, maybe this will be the next Nashville or, hey, this is cooler than Nashville because... You still get seen and noticed here and in Nashville and Texas. There's too many people. Or what did John Durnell say? You can get paid here. You might Nashville, get paid here. Get yes. Paid. So you, the advantage of living in Fort Wayne is you still get paid for music. So knock on wood. Let's let's hope that continues. Yeah. But uh, I think I'm not necessarily interested in fitting into a scene. I've never been interested in fitting in. I was homeschooled, <laughs> and I like to carve out my own path and uh, pave pave my own way. And I'm not interested in fitting in. I am interested in in serving the community. But what I'm really most interested in is focusing on local talent. Mm-hmm. So as all this change happens, whether the whole scene changes and we become Nashville, or it's a season and it goes back to not changing, whatever may be in the future, whoever is local and whoever is really valuing Fort Wayne and wanting to make a difference in Fort Wayne, I, I want to be able to serve those people and highlight you know, the people that are actually have roots here and are that are interested in living here for a long time. And those people that are interested in building the community, investing money in this community, keeping it local is a, is, is a very near and dear thing to my heart. It's not just the name of the podcast. It's how I was raised with a family that had a business in Huntington, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to invest in Indiana. I really could care less what's going on in L.A., Texas, Nashville, New York. It doesn't matter to me because I live here and I serve people here and we serve people here. And I know the community of people that seem to have been interested at all in working with us, the musicians, the people that are calling us. These are all very community-centered musicians and community-centered mm-hmm. folks and businesses. So that's really, I mean, we want to serve everyone, but I'm not interested in trying to fit into whatever the scene does or doesn't do. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in keeping it local and investing my money, my time, and my resources and my talents Not in Fort Wayne. Not to the transfers. But oh, to, no. To we have great people coming into town. I hope they all stay. <laughs> <laughs> and become part of the local yeah. community. Yeah, but you know, sure. things change. And so one thing doesn't change is if you've decided to live somewhere and you've decided to reside there and you want to enrich that community, that's a, mm-hmm. that's a lifelong goal of mine and many people that live in Fort Wayne. One more question just for fun, and I'm going to like forcibly remove my tongue from my cheek and, and ask this. Oh, no. So, all the musicians we talk to wear a lot of different hats, and it's like, you know, from John Durnell, Eric Clancy, Michael Patterson, they, you guys all have like six or seven jobs. I mean, you probably literally have 
what four or five. Some of us want kids too, <laughs> <laughs> or have them. Yeah, she's she's not glaring at me. Right? No, so just, hey, fur children count. <laughs> so how do you balance it all? How do you do? You have any tips for young musicians who have to have a day job? How do you juggle all of this stuff? And I'm, I kind of joke about this because I know this year is. Like we've had periods of time where we're both kind of running around with our heads cut off. What should people be prepared for? What should they keep in mind? How does this How does this work in the real world? I think people need to stop um, thinking that this is like some some ticket to rock stardom. Mm-hmm. I think in general, if anyone thinks they're going to make music and not have to do anything else that isn't music related, they're crazy. Mm-hmm. They're, even if you want to be a good performer, you got to have a really strong business and marketing sense so that you understand how to sell what you do. If you would look at just a list of friends and musicians we work with, I mean, there's people that do lawn service. There's people that are sales engineers. There's people that are stay-at-home parents, people that are in completely non-music related fields people that are music educators like myself. It's a very wide variety of uh, different professions they also balance with their music careers because music feeds us too. It, fe- it isn't it isn't just something we do to make money. Mm-hmm. It's something that you know we all crave to create and collaborate. You do it because you have to. But I think, how, how do I balance it or what advice would I give? You shouldn't really expect to be able to make a career out of one aspect of music. Unless you're very lucky or very blessed, you're going to end up doing many things and, and, and hopefully doing at least three or four of them pretty well. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean you have to play three or four instruments, but you know, there's, there's different aspects to being involved with music, music business, professional music. Pigeonholing yourself or only refusing to do anything but the one thing you like to do is probably not going to make a career out of it for you. It'll end up being a hobby in addition to another career you have. Mm -hmm. So just being open to trying things you suck at and learning new things and learning technology when you're over 30 or 40 or whatever, you know, you don't have to to jump on every new trend that comes, but you also have to be open to trying new things and doing things that are hard. We had dinner with Derek Reeves, principal violist for the Philharmonic. Uh, he played, he did a gig with Alicia the other night, and he was telling us about how he's using some of his new technology to record K-pop songs. He wants to work on a K-pop. There's a need for K-pop songs, and by golly, he, he's working on a K-pop song. And, I, you know, it's like just... I think being a learner, people that are lifelong learners is important, whether you're a musician or not, but especially with music and the arts, because it's always changing and the markets change and the needs are, you know, what people are calling for is always changing. So expecting to do one thing and only do one thing and that's going to, you know, be Mm -hmm. your end all to end all is that would be very fortunate, but it's not very... It's not a good reality to expect. So on the one hand, you have to be adaptable and not, yeah. not have a fixed idea about what type of musician you are or what type of artist you are. And on the other hand, you kind of have to wear a lot of hats. You have to have a, a diverse range. You can. A wide range of I mean, talents and skills. If you want to make from, that your career. All the way from marketing to right, getting right down to it and bearing your soul and your art and all that. So that might be an element of it, too. Absolutely. So, Did I miss anything you wanted to talk about? No, I don't believe so. Okay, that's it for this episode. If you guys want to subscribe, you can go to Stitcher, you can go to iTunes, you can type your email into the little box if you're on the blog post on our website, and we will see you next time. Thanks. (laughs)